Hey everybody, welcome to Weebskers. This is the Daily Nebraskans official anime podcast, something that nobody at the Daily Nebraskan knew they needed except us. <laughs> My name's Jason Hahn. I am the assistant sports editor, so I've really taken a, a good career pivot here. Um, and uh, we are talking about our favorite anime today uh, of all time, but with some like moderate exceptions. I'm not talking about one of my favorite anime for a very particular reason. Uh, hi, I'm Zeke Williams. I'm the uh, senior multimedia editor at, here at the Daily Nebraskan. And we are joined by the lovely Becca Holiday, who is kind of just here to record a podcast, and that's about it. Yes, my official position is anime podcaster. Um, that and the, the very august position, position. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, the top position at the DN, honestly. Um, but yeah, we're just going to talk about some of our faves today for our first episode. So um, I do yeah. want to open this episode off with maybe some of the weirdest anime news we might be getting. Um, okay, in the next few <laughs> okay. weeks, uh, there's a Netflix live action One Piece. Uh, okay, I know no, we I'm talked about no, this earlier. No. Um, Look, it seems I'll, like a heinous idea. Yeah, yeah, like, these guys know. I'm not the biggest One Piece fan. I, I got he 16 says, episodes yeah. in, and I just couldn't. Um, I'm just disappointed. Why Why do we need live action One Piece? We honestly um, do not. I am a One Piece fan at episode 227-ish, and... Um, we don't need we don't need a live action at all. Um, there are a couple things in animated shows that will never translate well to live action, and one of those things is all of One Piece. Like there is nothing in One Piece that would <laughs> like. There's just no way the main character's made of rubber. Like you know, well, CGI. you see, you see, Becca. I think. Oh God. I'm a real fan of a uh, horror, and oh. I think it would. There is like a particular horror in imagining CGI, <laughs> Gum Gum Gatling. <laughs> That, I mean, that would just be incredible to watch. Or, like, like prosthetic Arlong. <laughs> no, that, no. that sounds amazing, actually. No, you're right. I guess this would be horror. And, like, I, I don't know. The One Piece would be terrifying, too, if it wasn't animated just in general. Like, the reason it's so lighthearted is because of the animation and the stylistic choices. So putting it in live action, man, that crap's going to be terrifying. It's going to be funny, too, because, like, half the time Luffy looks, like, 12, and the other half it's, like, 25, right? <laughs> How are you going to do that? Are you just going to, like, switch actors? <laughs> <laughs> they cast two Luffy's, one for when he's being dumbass, <laughs> and then one for when he's being serious. Yeah. Okay, do we got any other news? Uh, no, not nothing really. It's been a bit slow. We're, like, in the mid of, like, the fall season right now. No, summer season. Sorry, I'm dumb. <laughs> um, so, like, mid slash tail end of it, so nothing huge has been happening. Uh, just a few announcements every here and there. It's but... been a pretty, like, thin summer it's, season it's been a thin right? summer season um which is the, good because me and jason <coughs> were trying to binge watch one piece so. i'd say the biggest hit of it is the second half of my hero academia season five which we'll be talking at a later date about well i'm not a my hero fan so you guys can talk uh, about shown an episode oh but, sure that's fair. Um, yeah let's kick it off uh, we're talking about some of our favorite animes uh jason i guess you can take it away so um, the I wanted to kind of explain the setup of this episode real quick, right? The big thing is that we all have very, like, specific tastes in, in what we enjoy, right? Um, and so before we sort of, like, that, that necessarily colors everything we're going to be doing. Um, and so I think it would be a good idea, right, just to, like, go around and sort of talk about our favorites. I've got a selection here. Um, and I'm probably going to start with actually the one that... Uh, I, I thought the least about, right? Because <laughs> want to save the best for last. Oh, boy. Um, so on here we have... Uh, okay. So 
uh, one of my favorites personally is 1988's Akira. It's um, a very influential piece of media. You've probably seen it referenced before. If nothing else, I think there's a Kanye West video um, that that actually explicitly like references a few scenes from Akira. What? Um, but uh, how do I how do I explain it? Uh, it's probably like singularly credited right with popular popularizing anime in the west right which is probably quite apocryphal um but it was a very influential movie right influenced a bunch of people it's a sci-fi film the film follows kaneda and tetsuo Uh, obviously my pronunciation's awful there but you know kaneda being the head of a bike gang and tetsuo one of his members one night while traversing the dystopian jungle of tokyo the two stumble across a child who is summarily whisked away by government planes after this night, Tetsuo begins exhibiting odd changes, and after being swept up by the government himself, Kaneda and his gang resolve to save him. Akira is known, first, for being just extremely beautiful. It's a, an absolutely beautiful anime. Painstaking in its animation, the incredible sense of scale coupled with its detail creates an experience hard to replicate in a lot of uh, more modern anime. It's all hand-drawn, right? The uh, The myth that is going around is like it has a tons of, it has just a bunch of frames in it, right? Uh, I've heard that that's actually not true by people who know more about anime, a lot more about animation than me. Um, but it, it really is hard to say just how absolutely gorgeous the uh, the film is. The reason why I'm mentioning it first is because in some ways Akira is a bit less substantive than the other two shows I'm, I'm going to mention. It's not necessarily, you know, groping towards any sort of grand critique or anything. But under the right perspective, I think it provides a valuable sort of classic ideology critique while also functioning as an interesting analysis of both faith and politics. But a lot of these things aren't necessarily obvious. Easily what makes the show most valuable, the show, the the movie most valuable, is that's incredibly enjoyable, incredibly beautiful. And you can see sort of like elements of its visual markers in all media to come afterwards, or all anime to come afterwards. It's a very uh, influential film in that regard. I I do want to interrupt here for a hot sec. Go ahead. for those listeners who are curious about what Kanye West song he was mentioning, it is stronger in the music video where it's oh almost God. a parody of some thematics from Acra. It, it's you. also, I, I, oh, I'm sorry. Um, I, I, I watched the music video. Uh, I'm sorry, the, the song didn't come to me at the time. I watched the music video and there are like scenes where he does, it's like Kanye is apparently a huge Acura fan. And also uh, Taika Waititi, if you know him, he's been trying to get a live action version okay, of Acura. Sorry, don't we mean ye? <laughs> I'll really get into my element, Zeke, and then you have to jump in with like random Kanye West facts. Yay! Oh my god. Yee. Okay, but okay, I love Taika. I do. Um, my biggest critique ever of Americans who watch anime is not everything needs to go into live action or be Americanized. Like just, just like leave the media as it is. There is one really um, cool thing that I think uh, about Akira is that. It actually looks like all of the all of the characters in it are Japanese. It's like pretty apparent. Oh, like the live um, action? No, in the uh, in the uh, in the anime itself, oh, yeah. right? Um, because you kind of have uh, in in modern anime, everybody looks sort of like vaguely raceless, right? Yeah. Um, and and mind you, I'm, I'm Asian myself, so that's why I partly um appreciate it. I think uh, it's it's sort of distinct. Um, but yeah, uh, if you want to watch it, it's available streaming on Hulu. Uh, and also you can just watch it on YouTube. I'm pretty sure there's a few different like uh, <laughs> portals for that. Yeah. Um, it runs at about two hours and four minutes. It's a brilliant film uh, that you'll definitely enjoy. Um, Jason, do you maybe want to explain 
to the listeners maybe a, li- a bit about what your tastes in anime are? I totally <laughs> forgot to do that. I explained like, oh yeah, this is going to all be about our tastes, right? And then I was like, and now moving on. <laughs> We're not talking <laughs> about my tastes. Okay, uh, I will say that my media tastes are incredibly pretentious, like almost like stupid pretentious. And they're, mm-hmm. they're nodding here, right? Because <laughs> they talk to me a lot and they know that that's very true. You know those English essays, right? That you hate writing where it's like, explain this in 1,000 words. I actually enjoy doing that. Right, um, yeah. yeah. And it does not, ta- it takes more than 1,000 words. At heart, <laughs> I'd like to think that I value, I value medias that lend themselves well to critical analysis, right? That uh, lend themselves well to multiple and enduring interpretations and critiques and demands multiple enduring interpretations and critiques. If you're an English nerd who really likes to work on their me- uh, media consumption, right? Uh, I I think you'll like my choices. Uh, If you want to enjoy something, on the other hand, might want to look the other way. (laughs) Um, And I don't want to make it sound like I'm going to be pulling some deep cuts from anime. I mean, you just heard Akira is literally one of the most influential films ever in in anime. At least two of these three, Akira and the other one I'm going to mention, probably lay claim to being some of the most influential anime of all time. And then the third is like the premier cult classic anime. So... Uh, again, like a lot of my tastes are pretty like common, all things considered. It's just I like to be very pretentious about them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, who wants to go next? Uh, I will. Um, hi, say again. Um, I'm Zeke. Hi. So, um, Welcome, Zeke. Welcome to alcohol. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hi, Zeke. Nah. <laughs> um, so I don't know. If I'm going to start off with tastes, I can't really pinpoint it on one thing. Um, can't really say I'm a huge like mech nerd because even you I can't. don't even, you really I, because I've seen I've seen three mech anime in total um for if for we're counting Darling into Franks so that's a, that's a mech anime um but this what about a, Attack on Titan we're not getting into Attack on Titan tonight. Uh, well, what anyway. about Ratatouille Z? what about Ratatouille anyway um I I would say I I do tend myself leaning towards action slash high-paced anime. Um, that being said, the first of my favorites that I'm listing off tonight is uh, Those Snow White Notes. It's not necessarily mm. one of my favorite animes of all time, but I think it's just such a beautiful piece of media. Um, it's about this Shamisen player whose grandfather died, and then he kind of loses his way in life because his grandfather told him to stop playing the Shamisen. Shamisen. Real quick, what's a what's a shamisen? Yeah, what is a shamisen? It is a traditional Japanese instrument. Gotcha. Oh, string instrument. String instrument. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just I thought it was a great piece of media. Um, Mm -hmm. I just the music was very nice and it was a nice refresher from all the rock pop that I hear on a day to day basis and it was just it felt grounded. It it knew Mm -hmm. what its story was and it executed it very well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Great Discord notification. Yeah, good. Well, who, which one was that? Let's see. Um, it was Drake talking okay, about great. One Piece. Shocking. Great, good Shocking. job, Drake. Um, so, so with regards to those Snow White notes, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, let me just ask the, the simple question first. Uh, where can they see it, and how many episodes of it? Oh, okay. I guess we're doing that. Um, I believe it is twelve episodes on mm-hmm. Crunchyroll. And it was the spring season, right? It, yeah, it's, last... it's new. It just came out this year. Granted, the manga, which is weird to me that there's a manga <laughs> for a music anime. Where, like, all the meaning is, like, I saw the first few episodes and all of the meaning was kind of in, in the, the music, music scenes. Yeah. So I'm not entirely sure, but the manga's been going on for quite a while now, I think. Maybe it has, I like, a QR say. code that you can scan and, like, um, listen along. 
I have the wiki pulled up right now. Um, the original release for the first volume was October 15th, 2010. Um, Probably no QR code then. <laughs> the, uh, the first English release was March 30th, 2021 for the manga. But yeah, anime, the anime was this spring, which was a very heavy season. But we can talk yeah, about there that was, sort of stuff later. There was a lot this spring. Um, are they going to do a season two? Do you know yet? Probably not. I think the oh. ending was open-ended enough that you could, if they ever decided to pick it back up, they could. But it kind of um, resolved. But it resolved enough. Gotcha. Like, okay, I'm just trying to, because I, I haven't seen it, mm -hmm. right? You were talking about it when you were watching it. You were really enjoying it. But, like, what kind of headspace do you need to be in in order to, to start enjoying it? Or is it, can it, can you just jump right in? Because it sounds pretty heavy, all things considered. I, I think you can jump right into it. I think you'll get in the headspace you need to by the end of it. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm um, without getting into spoilers, it gets very, I don't want to say intense, but for anyone who is into music and has done any sort of music competitions, you'll relate to the main character very well. Yeah. And like, if I can just jump in um, about the headspace thing, like it is kind of, it's a slice of life. It's about a high schooler. So in a lot of ways it feels <laughs> mundane, but then the music and the music scenes, they're really emotional and vivid. So I think it's one of those things where like Zeke said, you can jump right in and it will put you in the headspace you need to be by yes. the end. That, yeah. yeah, exactly what I would... Mm, that sounds really impressive. To it. Yeah, it was pretty good. I need to I need to catch up. I think I only got to episode like four mm -hmm. before I got busy um, not watching other shows. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, are you done with that one? Yeah, I don't got a deep analysis for that. Okay. I love it. Well, um... And, and you're going to be wishing for that one. You get to my next two shows. <laughs> yeah. We <laughs> know. We're just here to give breaks in between the Jason analyses. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, hi, I'm Becca once again. Um, when it comes to what I enjoy in a show, it kind of varies, but really it comes down to plot, relatable characters, humor, and how much it makes me cry. Um, if the plots are interesting, if the characters are endearing, and it either makes me want to die or laugh a lot, then I probably love it. I've seen a lot of shows... Right now on my little anime spreadsheet, I have 74, and I'm trying to hit triple digits before 2022. But as I mentioned, I am binging One Piece right now, so that might not happen. And also her uh, watch list is like 9,000 shows long. Actually, my watch list is oh. only 254 shows long right now. I don't Jason. know. I got lost <laughs> in it. <laughs> um, and honestly, I have so many shows that I am watching right now because I avoid finishing them. Uh, because when you finish a show, you know, it kind of comes with that really specific and fun depression where you finish something that you love so much that you want to die. So, like, I tend to not finish shows that I like. Sure. Um, so for that reason, I have about 20 shows that are listed as ongoing right now. <laughs> um, ranging from shows I started recently, like One Piece and some rom-coms that I just picked up on Crunchyroll, to stuff that I started back in 2015, like Code Geass. I still have not finished Code Geass. I started watching this when I was, like, 15. So, regardless, after six or seven years of Weebery, I have lots of favorites. So, Weebery. I'm excited to dive in. Yes, Okay, Weebery. so what, what are we starting with? Um, I think I'll start with Psyche K. Mm. Um, mm. Professionally known in circles as the disastrous life of Psyche K. And it's a comedy short series based on the manga by Shuichi Aso. Um, excuse my pronunciation, please. It's... I think it can't be worse than how I pronounced it, Kaneda. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, it's about 120 episodes, but the episodes of Psyche K are about half the length of a regular 
um, anime episode. So if you're watching on a platform like Netflix, they compile the episodes. So instead of 120, it's closer to like 60. Well, that's crazy because I actually did watch it on Netflix and I did not. <laughs> I, I did not know whatsoever. No, really? Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> well, I only knew because when I was making my spreadsheet and I was trying to find how many episodes of Psyche K there they were there were and it said 120 I was like what the hell there's no way this is 120 <laughs> it's like I watched this in like two nights there's no way yeah but it's just because they're technically shorts that have been kind of piled together um, the premise of the show is that this kid named Psyche Kiso I would love to be able to pronounce things correctly. Um, Psyche Kasuo? 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 Uh, was... <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much I cannot ca pronounce the character's last name. Uh, anyway, Psyche is born as an extremely powerful psychic. So basically, any power you can imagine, he has. Including flight, super strength, super speed, telekinesis, whatever. Despite all of this, Psyche hates being the center of attention. He's super apathetic, and he just wants to quietly live his high school life but he keeps accidentally being a magnet for the weirdos of the school. Why do I like it? Um, it's seriously freaking funny. <laughs> um, it's absolutely one of my favorite comedies. There's something just really innately funny about a completely apathetic character who keeps attracting trouble and friends despite not wanting either. Another element that lends it so much humor to me is the fact that the group of weirdos that end up being Psyche's friends, each one of them seems like they popped out of a different genre of anime. And because of that, they're great foils to Psyche, who is so stagnant. For example, we have Kaido, who thinks he's the main character of a supernatural shonen, and Hyro, who talks and acts like he's straight out of an intense sports show like Hayaku. And he's really the pinnacle of that one guy who takes PE way too seriously. Hey. I take offense to that. Um, <laughs> I um, have some doubt. It is like, I, if I can just build off real quick, like a lot of sort of comedy anime, it sort of like is the reciprocal laugh where it's like, oh, I know I'm enjoying this, but I'm not actually going to vocalize it, right? Mm -hmm. I think Psyche K actually does get like a lot of good chuckles out of people, mm -hmm. like like really good laughs, Yeah. Um, which is, is sort of rare. And it's not necessarily, I think that pretty much anybody can pick it up regardless of your sort of anime experience in it. Really? That's interesting. I do think, I, I really do think that's the case. I kind of said the opposite, actually. Wow. My, my recommendation was that um, obviously, I recommend Psyche K to anyone who wants a lighthearted, feel-good comedy, but because it's a satirization of classic anime tropes, I actually recommended that you not watch it until you see some different genres of anime. That's interesting. I suppose I suppose I did watch it after like knowing the different uh, flavors of Weebery, so maybe I, I don't have the best opinion <laughs> on this. Um, <laughs> I mean, because like, I think it'll be funny for anyone, but like... Um, again, with all of the characters sure. besides Psyche feeling like they're coming out of a completely different genre of anime, it's something that I think would be even funnier if you've seen stuff in that genre because then you kind of understand what um, the anime is referencing by making those jokes. Yeah, it probably wouldn't make much sense, the, uh, the swashbuckling cat <laughs> just is like yeah. hanging out around Psyche. Yeah. Uh. And so that's really all I have to say about Psyche. I think it's super funny. It's super good. Um, it has a couple different seasons. Honestly, its layout is weird besides the episodes being half length. Um, it has a season two that's remarkably shorter, still good. And then after that, it has like a, a, a restart of it 
which is kind of like a season Wasn't, three. Yeah, well, didn't like Netflix commission that one? Yeah, Netflix commissioned it. Yeah, yeah, it was it was brought on straight by Netflix, and it kind of comes on right after the end of season two, but they don't call it a season three, so it's really weird. But they're all really good, so I definitely recommend it. Okay, so we had a bit of fun, and now we're going to to one of the darker shows. Oh boy, we're not getting to the the pinnacle one that that I love, right? But um, the next show on my list is, in part, a, a bit more niche, but it's certainly still one of the most famous uh, works of Japanese 90s anime. Uh, and, uh, sorry, I, I completely messed up my script. It, it's a show that goes by the name of Serial Experiments Lane. You guys Wait, have heard me talk about this. You guys had scripts? One. <laughs> it shows it does go to show like our different tastes in media that becca has like rough outlines right with like good good material in it i like straight up just wrote everything down and i'm uh, just straight up airball uh, he, he is straight up like having just... i had to i had to write this at work today be, like an hour ago because i didn't know we were actually recording until like four hours <laughs> and ago. I've, I've had this right don't don't like I think that we seem so prepared, actually. Um, okay, so Serial Experiments Lane. If you know anime, this isn't exactly a very unorthodox choice, right? You might not have seen it before, but you've probably heard the name. Uh, okay, and I believe that Lane is on your watch list, isn't it, Becca? It is. It is on my watch list. So please expect um, between two and five business years before <laughs> I arrive to it. Um, <laughs> but um, yes, it is there. Okay, so Lane isn't made special by its plot. Uh, but basically the show follows Lane Iwakura, a girl in junior high, and her process of discovering the virtual realm of The Wired. In this digital landscape, her self-identity begins to fracture and break apart. I'm not, I'm, I'm like, it's a, it's a weird sort of plot to give, right? But the show doesn't really work on the basis of its plot. What I think makes Serial Experiments Lane so special is the project it tries to undertake. The show is from one vantage point, a reflection on identity. The most enduring interpretation of the show focuses on its relation between identity construction and the internet, how one comes to refer to themselves digitally. However, that is far from the only interpretation of the show. One of the interpretations which is most appealing to me uh, and, and the most fascinating uh, is putting its technology critique in dialogue with queer identity. This is a, a, mm. a, a interpretation I've seen formulated a few different ways. And I try to come up with a good Cliff Notes version of it, which was spoiler free, but uh, it, it's not quite easy to do, right? So I really do recommend watching the show and then reading some of those or watching some of those, uh, some of those critiques. Uh, and at another point, for me, it animates the many unconscious machines of identity present within people like, like you and me who grew up relating to the internet. Uh, but it does so in a way that I can't even quite explain. It needs to be experienced before you really get what I mean. And I know that's literally probably the most pretentious thing I've ever said. Um, but if you know what I'm talking about, if you sort of know the rough contours of the show or if, you, if you've seen the show before, I think you'll understand what I mean. A lot of the media to me which deals with you know the internet is kind of an abstract thing views it from the point of self and other that there's a tangible barrier between the social dynamics of the internet and and the real right the mm -hmm. the not internet lane deconstructs this binary it shows how the real is more impacted by its opposite in the internet than we may like to think mm -hmm. and so lane is a show which both demands and rejects any sort of strict classification or interpretation it's a show which is both very hard to enjoy at times <laughs> Uh, but also requires compulsive attention and contemplation. That being said, 
if you haven't quite picked up, Lane is famous for its sheer oddity. The story goes that in the West, the first four year reviews of Lane all included at least one word in it, right? And that word was weird. The first oh episode is called weird. If you don't like weird stuff, it almost certainly won't appeal to you. Uh, but if it sounds interesting from my description, it's 13 episodes on Funimation, uh, which might not sound like that much, but they're really hard to get through. Um, they're very like a uh, very like substantive and uh, and dense, as it were. Uh, so give it a shot and see what you think. Cool. Um, yeah, that one is on my list. I don't know when I'll get to it, mainly because I don't have Funimation, but uh, I am intrigued by it. So I'm hoping I get to watch it soon. Not on my list. <laughs> probably yeah, that's, that's that's very much the Zeke answer yeah, probably there. Probably won't be on um, my list. Uh... <laughs> like, uh, by that explanation that I just gave, Zeke is like, yep, and I'm actually crossing that one off my list. I, yeah, <laughs> not, yeah. Um, anyway. Moving <laughs> uh, on. Next anime we're talking about. Uh, this is probably one of, if not my favorite, Battle Shonens of all time, mm. Jujutsu Kaisen. Mm. Um, Gojo! <clears throat> Continue. Um, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, this is this is what we call spitballing Zeke that he hasn't. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just, it's been a long day. Anyway, um I will say don't start your battle shonen career with Jujutsu Kaisen. It's gonna be rough. You'll have no idea what half the thematics are. That being said, I think Jujutsu Kaisen does a great job at taking the na- the normal Battle shonen tropes like really powerful main character, a weird ability that they somehow acquired. Whether <laughs> you have a demon fox inside of you or you're made of rubber, um, it does. It, it Damn, takes, so true. It takes all of the normal tendencies of a battle shonen that, while make battle shonens as good as they are, also make them really repetitive. Repetitive, bad, just the same <laughs> sort Awful, of the like. Worst. <laughs> The same boring bland that like, oh, this is just Naruto 2.0. <laughs> Looking at you, My Hero Academia. Anyway. Whoa, oh, yeah, whoa, it comes whoa, from whoa, the guy whoa, who's whoa, been whoa, watching whoa, Boruto whoa, whoa, and is whoa, like, whoa, oh, yeah, whoa. this is awesome. I will be honest, completely caught up on Naruto and Boruto. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I'm not letting that MHA insult go. I'm not talking. Well, I haven't seen Naruto, but I am still taking offense to it, and I will it's, never forget. It does hit a lot of the same notes. Anyway. Um... <laughs> It is currently streaming on Crunchyroll. It's about 24 episodes with a movie coming out this December in Japan. We're not entirely sure if there is. I mean, there will probably be a U.S. release, but we're not entirely sure. Especially when. after Mugen Train. A- especially after Demon Slayer's success. Yes, there will be a English release eventually. And if not, I might be going back for the winter, so I'll watch the movie oh, yeah. without you guys. Uh, I just want to preface this. Becca has not seen Jujutsu Kaisen. I <laughs> gave her my Crunchyroll in March to watch it, and it is now... September and she has not started. It's okay, pretty that makes incredible. It sound so bad. That makes it, it's been almost a year now that you say it like that. I We've don't been like it. basically telling her to watch it for about a year now. Yes, and and it just has not um, happened. Um, uh, I've been very busy. She <laughs> she really is like very big fan of certain characters in JJK without ever meeting them. I do not need to meet Gojo to know that he is my husband. That has nothing to do with it. <sighs> Okay. <laughs> so no. when it comes to JJK, yes. the, my big question is, I, I've seen the first season, thought mm. the first season was great, 
do you think that it's going to live up to its promise? Because you've read you've read I, the manga. I've read a bit of the manga. I've read at least like the first half of what the second season well, will be adapting. Yeah, because and because Zeke has claimed that JJK is going to be known as one of the greatest. I, it, it, I yes. think it has the potential, depending on how the manga goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I even declared that before I saw the manga, just because uh, it's Studio Mappa that took this over. Which, yes. granted, they caught some flack for Attack on Titan Season 4. I How? still do not forgive them for Attack on Titan Season 4. Really? You didn't like it? They The, the, the Titan animation was a little... Inconsistent. Bad. I don't that really care. Said, Did you they see were how... rushed on time in budget the, constraints. The characters looked so good. The, the character redesign was very good. Yes, that, I, and, no, I do agree with that one, yeah. And you can you can see the map and design in the animation for yeah. Jujutsu Kaisen, which is really good. Um, I think it has one of the best Season 1 fights like big boss fights, quote unquote, um, maybe of all battle shown in ever. Um, I do think that like you say that it's not good for beginners, and that's probably true in many ways, right? Yes. Um, but it's not a hard to watch show by any means. It's not it's hard very to watch. So, I mean, if you've seen any sort of just action anime, I'd say go ahead and get into it. Um, not a great starter anime. Fully recognize that. It is hard for us to kind of pick like what would be a good starter anime when this is stuff that like. It wasn't our starter sure. anime, so like yeah, we'll right. never know. I Excuse just I do want to I do want to disclaim that anytime I say it's something's not a great starter anime, I really have no idea. Um, and starter if it's anime. something that you enjoy, then like it's, I'm sorry. it's a good starter. I think Serial Experiments Lane would be a wonderful starter anime. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I mean, sorry, the, I the definition of a starter anime is a very subjective thing, depending on yeah. someone's taste in media and in general. Like, I can't remember what my first anime was. Oh, actually, I can. Never Sword mind. Art Online. What, what? My first anime was. Well. Oh, how cute. My first anime. My first anime was, um, I don't remember its name, but the main character's first name is the password to my computer and has been for six years. So So what's your password? Oh, it's called, oh, it's called, <laughs> um, I'm going to change it after tonight. But the show, the show is called, called um, it's, <laughs> it's called Carnival with a K. So like Carnival with a K. Um, it was my first ever anime. It's only one season. It's super obscure. Like, no one I've talked to has ever heard of it. I have not heard of yeah. that. Have you heard of it, Zeke? No. I have, like... I have no idea what she's talking okay. about. Okay, if we're taking a digression, right? I am curious. What was your starter anime, Zeke? Okay, well, at the time, I wasn't aware, but it was Super Dimension Fortress Macross. I'll be talking about oh, that. Oh, yes, we'll, we'll be shortly. talking about but that. But the first, like, anime that I was, like, consciously aware this is anime was, uh, unfortunately, Sword Art Online. That's awful. Sword Art Online was one of my first. Oh, okay. this is like I feel like Sword Art Online can be in its entirely own episode, which yeah. we'll get to eventually. Oh, but no One Piece episode. No, because it's <laughs> One Piece. I, I don't. I okay, don't see what the argument is. Okay, because <laughs> I don't need to watch a thousand episodes to know what I'm talking about. I can watch twelve. No, oh, I don't. Oh, bad idea. Did, did you really just say that the twelve episodes you watch of One Piece are like, oh yeah, I got the show now? And no, like, this is no, a summation of like, everything that ever happens. I'm saying, like, all I, I need to know is Rubberman do the funny stretch, and nothing else will ever okay, happen. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> to understand One Piece, you need to watch it all. To understand Sword Art Online and have a discussion about it, you can watch twelve episodes. I guess that's fair. Is that, also, is that fair? The, I mean, maybe, but also One Piece episode. Um, I will fight for, and we will kick Zeke off and bring on our One Piece friend instead. Anyway. Yes, we have a friend um, who's just the One Piece guy. <laughs> Jujutsu Kaisen is great. I highly recommend it to any anime watcher who hasn't had the chance to get into it. Um, you will love it. Um, oh, yeah, I think it... Sure. Oh, I even forgot to mention this. I think Jujutsu Kaisen, Jujutsu Kaisen God, um, <laughs> has some of, if not the best, female characters in a traditional shonen. 
I will agree, not having seen it. I, that's that's definitely the case. Uh, there Looking are, at you, One Piece. Yeah, you as know, the resident <laughs> as the resident woman, um, uh, one of well, something I look for in every show I watched is, all right, well, what do the women look like here? How do they act? Were they like? Are they convincingly written like actual women, or are they written by someone who has never once interacted with a woman? Um, well, and, as someone yeah. who's interacted with many women, I can really? tell you. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure about that one. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I mean, just from what I've seen of the character designs, they seem to look they, realist, realistically built, at least. Not which only I are they just realistically built, I think they... Have maybe character arcs of their have own, Have actual character design, yeah. character arcs. Um, besides Miwa, who is the biggest, like... Uh, what's the proper termage here? Well, uh, which one's Miwa? Let's just say she... The blue hair girl. Uh, let's just say she is uh, maybe Becca's persona... Like, personification in the show as in she's a stan of gojo yes yes okay oh yeah yes. now i remember her i just had to look um, it up yeah no which again very, is a very realistic her. adaptation um <laughs> yeah fangirls are real deal with it <laughs> give us representation but yeah um that's about it for juju kaisen i think again get into it if you haven't already yeah that's a it's only going show. up from here. Yeah, guys, watch JJK Don't or else. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, I mean, kind of back to my first anime, Carnival. Um, I do remember barely bits of it. It seems like a fever dream. I was maybe 13 or 14 when I watched it. And it was only because on the, at the time I was on iFunny a lot. Anyone remember that? And <laughs> that's that's Sad like a late. big red flag. <laughs> um, yeah, it is. And one day I came across this edit of two of the characters, like a like a video edit of two of the characters from Carnival, and um, I was like, oh, this looks fantastic. So I had to like dig does, around. Does this look fantastic? I'm looking <laughs> no, at it now. No, no, no. no this no. is what counted for fantastic. <laughs> I was 13 and I'd never seen an anime. Okay? I still don't think that's I like saw, i just saw a hot guy and i was like i need to watch whatever show he's from you're talking about a show that on annie list has a 66 <laughs> percent like okay but look at garricky he is so hot yeah he is pretty hot exactly and okay. i was 13 once again so i started watching the show and i mean i don't remember much about it but it is my it was my gateway anime so i have to give it some thanks um i i know nothing about the plot don't ask me about the plot the plot is garricky was hot do you guys know that I was a Dragon Ball nerd? Moving on. Um, <laughs> That's in character. That was actually my first. Yeah, so it was like fifth grade. I was the biggest Dragon Ball anyway, nerd. Becca's second show. Let's go. <laughs> All right, gang. Okay, so my second show is Orin High School Host Club, which is, I will say, a cult classic among rom-com fans. And um, I'm actually wearing one of my Orin High School Host Club t-shirts today because I've decided I'm going to be wearing a different anime shirt for every day that we record. And I don't think I'll ever run out, actually, because I think I have, like, <laughs> 25, maybe? Yeah, that, that fills uh, out that, that, schedule. That'll last, that'll yeah. last a while. Um, Orin High School Host Club is another comedy, a rom-com. It's a one-season show from 2006. It's based on the manga by Bisco Hattori. Um, so a woman manga writer, which means, you know, good chance it's good, honestly. It clocks in at only 26 episodes, but in my opinion, these are, like, some of the best episodes you'll ever see. Uh, it was one of the first anime I ever watched back in about 2015, and I just rewatched it this year, and it still ranks as a 10 on my, on my list. The show revolves around Haruhi Fujioka, a high school student who gets roped into joining the host club at their high school 
which is a club where the most elite and attractive boys in the school devote their time to hosting the ladies of the school, serving tea, making conversation, and blah, 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 blah. I should mention that this is a very rich kid's school, and that's why they have time for this. They're crazy rich. And the main character, Haruhi, not rich, but sh they got in on academic merit. Oh, good, good, like, way to fudge the pronouns there. Well done. I was doing it for spoiler purposes. You were doing it for spoiler purposes. Oh, so close. Um, well, okay, it's the first episode, whatever, yeah. no spoilers. Uh, anyway, this show is so freaking funny. There are, like, only a few shows I would find funnier, maybe none. And the only reason I don't go and rewatch this one as much as I watch Psyche K, which I've seen, like, three times, is because... Warren High School Host Club, it does have enough romance in it to make it angsty and not make me want to watch it all the time because then I'll end up depressed when it ends, um, which does happen every time I, I finish it. At its core, it's really a satire of the classic tropes and themes of shoujo, which is um, a genre of romantic comedy primarily aimed at a female audience and also primarily written by female writers. Um, so it has characters like the pretty boy, the strong and silent one, the mischievous twins, whatever. All these characters are satirizations of characters that you would typically find in a reverse harem rom-com style show. This makes it really funny, but it also kind of brings awareness to the weird and problematic stuff that sometimes wind up in these shows. For any viewers not familiar with anime terms, can you please explain what a reverse harem is? Oh, oh yeah, that's yes, actually yeah, a good oh, point. Yes, actually, oh, wow. dropping that one without context, we didn't even—I didn't even recognize it because I was mm -hmm. just like, "Oh yeah, just reverse harem." Oh yeah, of yeah course, just common terms in our <laughs> vocabulary. Everyone knows this. Um, so, in a lot of shows, they can be characterized as harem anime, where there is, oh, which is, you know, Zeke's Crunchyroll watch list. No, <laughs> oh, no, no, I would, no, my Crunchyroll watch list is your watch okay, list. Okay, well, the recommended is a lot of harem okay, animes. Okay, I'll, I'll be completely honest, my favorite anime of all time is a, is a uh, harem yeah, anime. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> and so a harem, a harem anime is just something that some people would classify as a rom-com, I would not for various reasons, where there is a guy main character who has several willing ladies that are in love with him and it's a bit of a uh, love triangle but it's usually more than two um, instant comedy instant comedy <laughs> am i right and um and usually um all of these girls have like very distinctly different personalities to each and like carry a different trope of different female anime characters which is probably one of the reasons i don't love harem animes because they're pretty one-sided all of not all of but in, in some harem anime the women are just like well, this one's the nice one, and this one's the mean one, and this one's the funny one, and it's like, no, no real person's freaking like that. But whatever. Well, my favorite anime—they're all the weird ones, so oh, that might make it better. That's true. <laughs> um, and so a reverse harem is kind of—it's uh, what it sounds like. It's just the opposite. It's when there is one female character and several um, male suitors in in the mix. So uh, that is the style of show that Orrin High School Host Club is satirizing. Another reason that I like this show is based on interpretation. It was the first pretty good LGBTQ plus representation I saw in anime. I'm not going to say it's perfect. I will not claim it's even good. I said pretty good. Um, there, <laughs> there is some stuff in there about a trans character that I think could be offensive, but it also depends on the viewer and interpretation. Um, while I do identify as queer, I am not trans, so I am not the authority on the appropriateness of these scenes. But from my point of view, you can interpret it in the same satirical way that the rest of the show is presented. But 
I'm not going to say whether or not that's justified. That's not really up to me to say. But overall, the show has some super lovable characters, some romance. It's super funny. And it has one of the best opening and ending songs in anime. So I, I definitely recommend it. And um, I hope I hope you enjoy it if you watch it. Oh, it's one of my faves. Yeah, so... Just just to add uh, my experience, I, I have seen about 12 episodes of it uh, on Becca's request, and it is very enjoyable. She's not misrepresenting anything here. Um, I can't quite remember the, the trans representation, so I can't quite speak to that angle of it. Um, I'm not even sure you've gotten it to it yet. Okay, so that, because I, I don't think, if it was if it was that bad, I don't think I would have spaced it, but... um. I, I think, it, it, again, it can be interpreted pretty bad. I think if you'd seen it, you would have remembered it, because okay. it's, they make it pretty obvious. Sure, sure. Um, but yeah, it's it's a very enjoyable show, very funny. Um, it's definitely it's definitely the satirization, like you spoke of. It's very self aware. So, mm-hmm. and honestly, yeah. I've noticed that among some of my favorite shows, like there were a couple others I was considering talking about today, they all tend to be kind of satirizations of that that rom com style. Um, just because I don't know, there's something just so funny about taking a trope and pushing it to its fullest, just for pure comedy with with that self-awareness part and it speaks to how much zeke really loves this genre that he's not even paying attention right now yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh. so i'm just making sure i got my, my finale just got to make sure i'm well versed in what i'm saying yeah okay. no, we're also, super prepared I mean, we're just... super prepared that's why zeke is in the podcast looking at details <laughs> for the best part of the podcast. Um, i mean i'm just not a huge jojo fan I enjoy nice like romance every now and then, but just like not my thing. We get yeah. it. You hate women. <laughs> Damn. 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 Uh, I just don't... kidding. No one here okay. hates women. I, as far as I know. Look, we've known Zeke for a, a, a long time now. Uh, what do you think? A couple months, maybe two. <laughs> no, it's we have all known each other at least a year and a half. Now. <laughs> you went to his birthday. Um, Who? <laughs> okay. Do you think Zeke would enjoy our on high school host club? I don't know. I mean, there's a reason I haven't asked Zeke to watch it, but I told you to watch it. It's because I figured you would like it more. I actually but do I think, enjoy it. I think everyone likes Orin High School Host Club. I've never met someone who doesn't, but uh, I don't know. I, I guess I'd have to... I guess I wouldn't know until he tried it out and sure. saw. It's on the list of things that I should be watching, but instead I'm rewatching <laughs> the same three animes. That's okay. Which, when when we get to it, we, he'll tell you what those three animes oh. are. Now, yeah. yeah. no, it's okay. I think I think you'd at least find it funny. I'm not gonna say you'd rate it like a ten, like I did, but I, I think everyone would at least find it kind of funny. So that that that's what I have to say on it. Okay. Where were we? Yeah, where were we? Oh, you were about to do your second. I'm about to do my third. You're about to do your third. Okay. Well, we can't get copyrighted, guys. Wait, are we recording? Yes. <laughs> I never stopped recording. Oh, yeah. I never stopped recording. <laughs> no, we've been talking the whole time. We okay. were just continuing, dude. Okay. So Zeke's back. And that means that I can get into my personal favorite anime of all time. If you know anything about anime, this is probably literally the least surprising thing ever. I have this anime uh, soon probably literally written on my arm. Okay. Whew. The anime that I never shut up about, Studio Gainax's 1995 Neon Genesis Evangelion. I want to emphasize, he does not shut up. I I think that there has been not a waking moment 
where I shut up about Neon Genesis Evangelion. I would have to agree. Yes. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, second thought. Evangelion is a show following 14-year-old Shinji Akari, who one day is called up by his father to pilot an Evangelion, a giant fighting robot, or mech, for the, the weebs who care, like Zeke. Against the angels... Wait, I'm sorry. The, the, the parentheses really screwed that sentence up. Is called up by his father to pilot an Evangelion, a giant fighting robot against the angels, a group of aliens invading the Earth. On the face of it, that doesn't necessarily sound all that incredible. But what begins from that premise is a piece of art cathartic in its emotional depth and vulnerability. Evangelion is a show at core not just about giant robots. It's a reflection at times on humanity's relationship to technology, to its unconscious, and the terrifying process of learning to live with oneself. At the same time, it inhabits these processes. It is not moralizing or didactic in its character, but commiseratory and deeply empathetic. What does didactic mean? Uh, it means that like it doesn't. It's not trying to teach you anything. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. Which you can you can say that that's true about Evangelion, right, Zeke? I would. Okay, never mind. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna wait to make comments yeah, until okay. you're done. Okay. Yeah. It recognizes all too bitterly to my mind that it does not have all the answers. Evangelion is not a niche show. You've likely heard of it or its theme song, A Cruel Angel's Thesis, the thing that the people were uh you know vocalizing earlier. But the ubiquity of the show belies how daring it is in its form and the subject material which it wishes to capture. It's no mistake that with the end of the remake series, at once both an update and a reflection of itself, only released in the States a few weeks ago, a cadre of people spoke at length about how deeply personal the show was for them. Evangelion inevitably spurs that kind of reaction from people. It's very demanding of its audience, unlike most pieces of media. But in it, for me, it holds many of the potentials latent in art. Evangelion is on Netflix, uh, even though there are problems with the Netflix adaptation. There are? Uh, yeah, the the mm -hmm. like subtitles, the script is like a lot more concrete than the original. It sort of hurts some of the, the meanings. Um, oh. And also, uh, before there was an update, there was like some real like queer washing. That was like pretty incredible. Woo! Yeah. Evangelion is on Netflix and comes out to 26 episodes. People tell you that you can skip episodes 25 and 26. They're wrong and you should never listen to them again. After the first... They are wrong and you should never <laughs> listen to them again. <laughs> Does people stop laughing? After the first 26 episodes, the movie, The End of Evangelion, is also on Netflix. And if you enjoy those two enough, the recent remake series, known colloquially as The Rebuilds, dropped on Amazon a few weeks ago. They're a collection of four movies, the first two basically retelling the plot of the show, while the last two take a start, uh, stark departure from the series. The chronology is a little confusing, but I always thought it was best to view the separate iterations of Evangelion as in constant dialogue with one another. There's serious context one will miss if they just watch The Rebuilds, and there's no way you can just watch End of Evangelion. It's only through watching all the material that a lot of the context forms okay zeke um <laughs> let's go oh man so, i will be the first to admit i did not like the tv version of neon genesis evangelion um as someone who was never into like super deep literary analysis it was just not fulfilling as a anime um that being said i can appreciate what it has done for the industry because i think you forgot to mention it revamped anime in a way that no other anime did in the 90s and there's also like there's not a single anime fan you will ever meet who does not know the theme song which i think just there are in a few itself. people that you'll meet who don't quite know what the theme song is once they like start hearing it they're like oh yeah i know this yeah, <laughs> right yeah, yeah. yeah um 
I, I think it's really important to mention, I don't want to say it saved anime in any way, shape, or form, but it definitely revamped anime in a way that it needed in the 90s mm-hmm. um, that not a lot of other shows could do. Um, it almost feels dishonest to call it a mech anime to a degree because it's... Oh, I, dis- this, I, I agree with that, actually. It's I totally almost this psychological thriller-ish more oh, than it is a mech my anime. My two words. Um, as the quote-unquote resident mech anime expert here um i love the rebuilds though i think yeah he um, for some reason and this is the wrong opinion to have by the way he thinks that the rebuilds are superior wait like do you think the rebuilds are superior to the tv plus end of evangelion um in what way in terms of a story in terms of analysis well analysis analysis i think of course your tv ending and your uh end of evangelion are always going to be better but as a story Mm. i think it just does better. Um, Shinji's character arc in three plus one, which is the fourth one of the rebuild. Yeah, they're Why weirdly they just numbered. Say four? They're, they're weirdly because it's three point oh plus one point oh one. Anyway, yeah. yeah so four. Because um, <laughs> um. Anna's weird. Um, yeah, I think his depression and just the way of handling trauma that had happened to him in the previous movies felt more human than it did in any other installment. And might have been the most human way I could imagine any anime tackling depression in such a strong and like I don't want to say vivid, but vivid are you saying way. of of the rebuilds? Of the rebuilds, I think mm. it I think it does better at showing the depression, showing the growth, because I think in the TV ending in twenty five and twenty six it just kind of feels like it goes away after people tell them be happy. Like I know that. Of you, course. Okay. So Becca is still watching. Remember. So so like don't. Uh, yeah, take I'm not getting it. too in. Too yeah, you're not taking too it. in depth. Um, it feels like. Sure. The TV ending is just like be happy, dude. Come on. While end of Evangelion is just kind of like you know screw any sort of emotions you have. Uh, the rebuilds feel very human and just. But there is deeper. a sense I do think in in the TV ending, right? And I love how this this like discourse will be. If you don't know what the show is, you'll have no idea what's going oh, on. Oh yeah, no. Yeah, this is a very esoteric thing. Go watch it. Yeah, it's... you definitely should watch it though. Watch um, other anime first, but get to it eventually. <laughs> um, and I will ask for your opinion, Becca, of the first sixteen. Uh, yeah, because I just watched. You just watched episode 16. I just watched episode 16, maybe 17, or maybe I started 17. I think I just started 17 last night. Okay. And then I listened to the Drake album and went to bed. (laughs) Um, The Drake album, I'm sorry, it was fine, I guess, but it killed my momentum. So I went to sleep. Oh, actually, let's, let's, uh, is this a music podcast now? Let's talk about the Drake album. All right, shut up, shut up, shut up. We're already like an hour into this. Okay. So (laughs) when it comes to the, when it comes to the, the TV ending, which, uh, this is like not the, I think that your opinion, Zeke's probably actually the more dominant opinion within people who watch it, right? I, right. No, I would disagree because a lot of the like online like discourse I've seen, people hate the rebuild. People oh, hate well, yeah, three people, plus one. People hate three plus one. People hate three plus one, and I mean three point oh, but people hated three plus one. I think you can hate three point three. I think three point uh, three plus one is actually really amazing. I think it's incredible. But at any rate, there's like a general sense that TV ending of Evangelion just sucks. And and pretty much like that's one of the few things that you can like get people to agree on normally, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think that's the best ending of of Evangelion, partly because twenty five and twenty six are so like 
incredibly avant-garde in their presentation. Thriller. Yeah. yeah, it's like I thought I saw like an academic article once, right, that said, you know, uh, in 25 and 26, the machines literally stop, right? And all you have is the kind of like gross excesses of the human soul. And I think that that's a brilliant way to view 25 and 26. And the way that it's able to progress eventually into into like the first steps of 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 recovery almost. I think that that's really what makes 2526 so so brilliant. Um but like that falls flat for so many people to the point where it's like okay, I can't like sometimes it's harder to defend that opinion, right? And that's why I'm so interested in seeing how you respond to it, Becca. Mm-hmm. Um because like there's a real divide I would like to say to an extent of like w- whether or not 2526 is any good how to put it in contacts uh, contacts with the rest of the series right it's it's a very i mean it's a dialogue that's been going on pretty much as long as the waifu wars that we can't talk about because that'll spoil half of it for that will, oh yeah that'll totally I can't spoil the, the show waifu i'm not introduced to are you sure uh, i mean for I mean, some of the fans of the show there is one waifu you're not introduced oh, to oh god Yes, um, I'm. I'm talking about yeah, yeah. yeah. Good old anyway, I'm scared. Um, well, I mean, from where I am at the beginning of episode 17, so kind of getting close to the the ending of the the show, ish, I guess. Um, like I said earlier, uh, psychological thriller are two of my happy words. So, um, <laughs> so like hearing that it becomes more like that is actually like a like an anime turn on for me. But the like I remember the. The first time I got ara ara scared in um, Evangelion was in like episode three or four. Mm. I think was the first time I texted Jason where I was like, "What the hell is happening? Like, this is terrifying." And that was just for a split second. But that's the kind of thing I like. I like when it builds up for so long. And I don't know. To me, I really like Evangelion so far. I thought the first sixteen episodes were really good, but I have no conclusive stuff on it because i'm not done the fact that she was able to get through magma diver and it is still like oh i love this show or i I enjoy this show i liked magma diver (laughs) (laughs) i'll be honest i think i didn't pay attention to that i think i just got kind of put it on and then i was like doing work in the background i just did not pay attention to that episode um everyone says magma diver is like the worst episode i mean like i mean it wasn't like consequential i guess it wasn't important but like i didn't hate it so maybe i just have like really low standards for things but (laughs) i thought it was fine i do think well what was your opinion of 16 since you watched it last 16 was amazing 16 was so good um uh i can't like i don't want to spoil it for anyone but i thought it was really good it has all the things i really like in a psychological kind of deep dive um the visuals were amazing. Um, yeah, I don't know what to really, like, say other than sure. spoiling it, but I really liked 16. Yeah. Um, I, I have a weird sort of, like, Evangelion tier list when it comes to the episodes I want to share just real quick before we move on. Uh, like, I think 1 through 4 are pretty brilliant, and then, like, 5 through, five through like, 14 are just, like, I'll take it or leave it. There are some moments, like... Um, like dance like you want to win i think is a great episode and i'll always defend that <laughs> that one's pretty good um but then like like 16 brilliant 17 through 19 are good but not like mm-hmm. incredible um and then pretty much from like pretty much from like 20 onwards like 20 is brilliant 22 is my favorite episode once you get to 22 becca you're going to freaking adore it it's like an amazing episode i'm excited oh. i'm hopefully getting there this week maybe tonight if i can grind out enough in genshin um, but I also, have to, I also have to work tomorrow, so oh, we'll see. You have to work tomorrow? Like, yeah, noon to eight, so. Oh, that sucks. 
Oh, wow, you sound really sympathetic. I'm killing myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 7 a.m., okay. baby. Let's go. At Arby's? No. Oh, here? Football. That's lame. I have to get up at 7, rather. Imagine being a weeb and also being in the sports. It must suck to be you Yeah, guys. I know, right? It's really not fun. Yeah, um. I was like, this sounds like a lot of commitment. <laughs> okay. Missing so many new episodes right now. <laughs> anyway, I got to talk about Evangelion for like 10 minutes. You don't know how happy I am. <laughs> so, Zeke, let's please talk about your Take favorite. Take it away with good old Super Dimension Fortress Macross. It is, I, I triple check just to make sure, it is the Unless your third is like some like anime from the seventies, uh, is the oldest on this list of all three of us. <laughs> Actually, my favorite anime is Astro Boy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Super Dimension Fortress Macross. It's uh, nineteen eighty two, uh, and it's this beautiful mech idol romance story. Um, I think it does a really great job at subverting even because it was still in the prime of real robot mech which for those who don't know real robot mech is like pacific rim it's like these they look like they would just be a real robot you would like see in a sci-fi story compared to like oh compared to like evangelion where they're like very fluid they're yeah i mean you could argue evangelions are like biomechs but they still fall into the real robot we're talking uh i can't like the super robot sort of stuff I can't sure. even, like, give you an example off the top of my head. Um, well, like Gundam, right? No, Gundam <laughs> was, like, the first <laughs> real robot sort of this gruesome war story, which Macross takes influences from because it's this real war story that's set, well, A, in space with aliens. Um, but it diverts from the real robot genre by, instead of going af- off of this whole yes, the best military, the best weapons will win the war, it kind of goes in this culture shock of, oh, wow, let's use music, love stories to then subvert the enemy, which then they use giant space nukes to destroy said enemy, but they use music to get there. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's... <laughs> um, Super, all, all, Super Dimension Fortress Macross doesn't really take that theme as far as some of the sequels do such as macross frontier or macross delta some of my favorite animes of all time but i would start with sdf because obviously you can't talk about frontier without talking about the original yeah um I, can i add about sdf real quick yeah you've seen yeah it. yeah so i saw sdf at zeke's request and I was expecting it to be sort of, like, stupid and whatever, right? I actually was. I'm sorry, Zeke, right? Oh, no. I totally get that. I still watch I still watch SDF and think parts of it are stupid. I was actually pleasantly surprised with sort of the depth of thought that goes on for, like, a lot of it, right? And mm-hmm. it's, it's very enjoyable. Some of the camera work, too, is really incredible. Camera work? Yeah. 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 Just, like, um, the, the sort of cinematography. Yeah, the cinematography. Um, the cinematography of episode 27 and hence oh, yeah, for, for sure. the uh, movie adaptation called Do You Remember Love, which I think is one of the best anime movies. No, yeah, Zeke will talk about Do You Remember Love until he dies. I still need to watch it, and I'm very actually excited, too, because I've um, seen some snippets, and it's pretty think, incredible. Yeah, it's some of the best, like, pre-CG animation of all time. Sure. I will die on that hill. Yeah, but, um, like, with SDF, it's just got a lot going on, and it was really, you know, very fulfilling to watch. Um, mm-hmm. I will say that, something you might not quite have mentioned it does feel sort of saturday morning cartoony sometimes i mean to a degree yeah but that's also the era of anime it was in. yeah so you can't like it, it was definitely like 70s anime um 82 or 82 but... sorry it was definitely 82 anime but you can kind of get over that hurdle 
Um, and it's just very enjoyable. It's got a lot of really interesting things going on. I would so, say, like, yeah. the first, like, 12 episodes definitely feel like a Saturday morning cartoon, but they tend to over-arc into this overall story. Oh, yeah, and it does, it does definitely. Morning. Yeah, as um, things start to pick up, there's lots of really cool stuff that goes on. I would on. talk about where to stream it, but we can't <laughs> right now. Um, just some context on that. Uh, 1984, a company called Harmony Gold uh, licensed the first series across... Um, from, like, a third-party company who helped with production, so they had certain rights to it. It was a really weird mess. Um, so there's been about, there's been about 30 years of, like, legal troubles and all this stuff between, like, international distribution because Harmony Gold was like, grr, give all of it. And then the current producers, Big West, are like, no, screw off. Mm, right. But... Uh, back in April of this year, I woke up to some of the greatest news of my life that Harmony Gold and Big West finally reached a settlement and we will eventually be getting Macross content in the West. Legally, I might add. How exciting. I think I might have cried that morning. <laughs> and that's and that's okay. Well, because Macross was like one of the first animes I've ever seen because it was then licensed from Harmony Gold and they licensed two other completely unrelated mech shows and made this one collective called Robotech. And Robotech was, like, my thing growing up. Like, oh my, my dad God, watched it going to it talk about Robotech for the next 20 minutes. Like, five. <laughs> but, like, my dad... Um, but, like, my dad watched it growing up, and then he showed it to me, and I just, like, fell in love with it. Like, oh. it was so cool. You have... Me showing my progeny over in high school, house no. club. No, Eight you showing, you showing them kiss him, not me. Oh, no. Okay, keep going. <laughs> like, seeing these really cool... And, okay, now, going off mm-hmm. of this... <laughs> the mech it introduced, the mech it introduced was like also like different because in different to like Gundam because it was this fighter jet that then transformed into like a Gundam esque robot, and as someone who was like super obsessed with like aviation as a child and like planes and all that, that was so cool. And it does some really interesting things with that too, right? Just like I mean, it's, it's yeah. Definitely. And the sequels definitely like develop that and take that way further. And some of the mech in the sequels are just mind-boggling how cool like and intricately and like real they are mm. in their design yeah because as we all know those <laughs> the blackhawks are really good at turning into uh robots oh yeah totally <laughs> who doesn't love an f-14 that can transform into a giant robot um that joke will probably miss everything. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, um, you can um if this had video you would be able to see that joke going straight over my head i will say that like Zeke's passion for Macross and Robotech. It's inspiring. It really is inspiring. <laughs> it is. Because it, it, he loves it so much. Like, about as much, more probably than I, I like Evangelion. I would say Evangelion. more than you love Neon Genesis. Um, he, he really does love it. Um, and it does inform a lot of his taste, too, which is totally I, cool because it's a very interesting series. And we can get into how Robotech also issued in anime in the West, but mm. that's a whole different topic that I will not bore you guys with. Okay. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> so we're talking about the real emotional heavy hitters for us too. You know, Evangelion is really personal to me. Macross is really personal to Zeke. So what? What do you got as your last one, Becca? Well, this one's not a comedy, if that helps. So <laughs> it's at least that. Um, and this is actually the only one that I didn't have time to prepare anything for. So I'm going to be pulling a Zeke, and <laughs> like, I will just yeah, be... airballing everything. Let's go. <laughs> I will just like I have one paragraph, and that is just um, how many episodes there are and who wrote it. So. <clears throat> for my final favorite, um, I will be talking about Psycho Pass. Not like Psycho Path, the um, 
the thing, word. The thing, <laughs> the thing, the word. This is psycho space pass, like pass me the Dr. Pepper, Jason. Is this really how you're <laughs> filling up time? <laughs> Guys, we're already like an hour 20. Yeah. Shut up. Um... So Psychopaths is a cyberpunk psychological thriller. And in case you were wondering, yes, cyberpunk is another one of my little happy words. So this hits all three things. It has about 41 episodes throughout three seasons. It's available on Hulu and Amazon Prime, apparently. I only saw it on Hulu, so I will not guarantee that it's on Amazon Prime. That's just what the internet told me. And I do know for sure that not all the seasons are on Hulu because I thought season one was all there was to this show. Mm. And then I found out I was wrong. Um, it's actually not based on a manga at all. It was co-directed by Nyoshi Shiotani and Katsuyuki Motohiro and written by Jin Urobuchi with character designs by Akira Amano and music by Yugo Kano. So not based on a manga, which I actually didn't know until um, Wait, did you two Yoko hours Kano? ago. Hmm? Yoko Kano? Yugo Kano? Yugo Kano. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Thanks, Yoko So what like makes iconic. it what makes it so incredible in your opinion? Well, first a little summary. Psychopath is a cyberpunk, so it's set in the, the future. Mm. Um, kind of close enough in the future where you recognize a lot of things, but distant enough that there's also a lot of things you don't recognize. It's set in Japan, and Japan has become... The government is now controlled by a system of computers. Mm, so it's like a cybernetic government. Yeah, it's like a cybernetic government. And the computers, they also assign everyone a psychopath and a hue. So, like, a psychopath and a hue, they're basically something that the, the cyber government uses to determine how likely you are to commit a crime and what kind of crime, like, how violent it would be. And so if your hue is getting darker, it means that your mental state is getting more violent and more disruptive. Mm -hmm. And your psychopath... Um, honestly, I'm not entirely sure on the difference between the two. I kind of missed some context there. But the psychopath, I think, is kind of just like a numerical score where if it gets above a certain number, you're a danger to society. I'm now. sorry, but that pun is just hilarious. That's yeah. just an awesome pun. Yeah, it's pretty okay, good. Okay, please continue. Um, and so basically the, the show follows um, this woman and she is new to the police of the future. And basically, like, they don't have to really do any investigating or anything like that. It's just their job to go to zones that um, a psychopath has, like, been triggered above the allowed levels. When someone is about to commit a crime or is, like, thinking about committing a crime, they go there to apprehend them before it starts. And sometimes they're too late, um, like what happens in the first episode. Um, and what works Wow, is, spoilers. Yeah, Thank I'm you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and their guns actually only work... Um, as tasers unless they're pointed at someone who has a psychopath above a certain level. So you can't shoot to kill unless the system reads that they are a, a threat to those around them. Which, um, I guess, cool in theory, but um, this is a dystopia, so I'm sure you can tell. Not actually cool in practice. A lot goes wrong. It is super cool. Um, visually, I think it's really beautiful. I think the animation's really beautiful. Um, I love kind of the dark themes it has, both in both ways like literally and um visually like it's just a dark show visually which i like the aesthetics fun mm. um there is a hot guy there's a couple for anyone who are wondering about that and i don't know like i said it's a psychological thriller so it just it gets into a lot of deeper things that i really appreciate um i think the ending of season one i'm not sure you actually 
find out what's happening until the end of season two. And I have honestly not watched season three yet, so I cannot speak to how good season three is. Season one is beautiful and amazing. Season two, I really liked. You can read it as a bit repetitive. I would mm. say that like the villain slash plot is not all that different, but I think it's worth watching because season two, you get a lot more information about the stuff you were left questioning in season one. In season three, no clue. Haven't seen it yet. Um, hopefully we'll watch it soon. But this is honestly one of my favorites. I don't think either of you guys have seen it. I think you would both like it, though. It definitely sounds up my alley, but I'm I'm curious, in what way does it like implicate a psychological thriller? Because it doesn't just just from that, I could definitely see like a dystopian sort of uh, critique. That's not necessarily a lens, but you can kind of like a state power critique. But I don't necessarily see where the psychological angle quite comes in yet. I would say that it's not a psychological thriller in the same way Neon Genesis is at all. I would say it's a psychological thriller in the more in the less abstract you know mm. like the less um, metaphysical way sure it's very physical but it is very psychologically scary i guess mm. so i was looking at a more literal definition i think but um i do just want to note how jason and i denote it as eva and becca's over here like neon genesis oh my bad <laughs> <laughs> like the entire weave community is like yeah dude evangelion eva great Becca over here, like, yeah, Neon Genesis, dude. I don't know. I think it sounds cool. cooler that way. My dad I think goes. it count. I think it's just a brilliant title, actually. Just all things considered. Yeah, it's fun to say <laughs> too. Especially, um, actually, the first time I heard of Evangelion, I was like sixteen or fifteen because it was my friend Riley's one of his favorite shows. And um, Riley sounds based. Yeah, you should, <laughs> yeah, you should. You probably like Riley. He Riley is based, and um, uh, he uh, made fun of me for a really long time because I pronounced it. Oh Evangelion. Oh, Jesus. Evangelion. Oh, no. Evangelion. I've never heard I'm of it. I'm going to go home and watch Evangelion. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds like, like a, a cream you get at the doctor's. Like, it's like prescribed. <laughs> it's like, oh, I have this really weird rash, which I have to put on. And oh, have you tried Evangelion? <laughs> um, anyway, Psychopaths. Yeah. Super uh, good. I recommend it. I would say psychologically thrilling. Um, more in a everything you know is a lie kind of way mm. than a you are your own enemy looking inside kind of way. And I'd also say it's really interesting because the main character is really relatable. She's just someone who wants to do the right thing. But as the show goes on, she gets more and more confused about what that is because she's been trained her whole life to you know, follow what the government says, follow what um, this all-knowing computer says because it's supposed to be perfect. It's supposed to be this perfect machine, but it's not. It's absolutely flawed. And um, her grappling with that is a really interesting journey. So I, it's one of my favorites. Oh, sounds absolutely fascinating. Uh, okay, so to wrap up, the uh, the three that I selected: Akira, Serial Experiments Lane, and Neon Genesis Evangelion. Uh, Zeke, the three that you selected. Yep. So we got good old those Snow White notes, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. And a Super Dimension Fortress Macross, or any Macross installment, if I really had it. <laughs> yeah, especially uh, Seven. You love Seven. Oh, I just love Macross Seven. It is totally a great show that lasts 49 episodes and only progresses the story in the last nine. Woo! <laughs> and then, Becca, you selected? Um, mine were Orin High School Host Club, Psyche K, and Psychopaths. So... Yeah, so I, I think um, we're going to wrap it up pretty fast because we already went quite over time here. Yeah. But um, if you tuned in, thank you. And I think 
next week we might or not next week next no, next yeah episode, week after next yeah week after next <laughs> we'll see we'll see yeah. what happens well, yeah we'll see we'll talk about it we'll, we'll, figure, it we'll figure it out um we might be talking about shonen's yep. so uh, no, let's just genre. hammered in yeah shonen as yeah. a genre we'll discuss it critique it talk about which ones you should which ones you shouldn't watch yeah so yeah. just some just some like starter shonen stuff and, and the one you should definitely watch is a uh, black clover uh, as we all know the... <laughs> <laughs> um god anyway. now we all have to watch black, black clover before next time don't we oh god no. i will not be. i made it five episodes in because ben said he liked it and then i stopped so okay no no comment on that but um hopefully see you guys in a little bit thanks for tuning in and um Stay weeby, I guess. No. Stay weeby. <laughs> stay stay weebskers, curs. Yeah, go yeah. skurs. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs>